All right, I think we're live. I see an ad playing now. Sometimes there's a little bit of a delay. Uh, but yeah, here we go. Uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, welcome, friends, to another episode of the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is show number 296, your place for all things Xbox on Sunday nights, and of course, more goodness from across the gaming domain. I'm Invader, and it is great to have you all here for our last episode of the year. 2023 is quickly coming to a close, and we're all getting ready to enjoy the holidays. Uh, For the last show, we'll be dissecting recent comments made by Disney personnel regarding Blade and Indiana Jones Xbox exclusivity. Also, Naughty Dog came out saying that The Last of Us Online is cancelled. We will get into that big news, plus our personal games of the year. But before getting into all those fun things, let me introduce everybody on the panel tonight, starting off with Grimes. How you doing, Grimes? What's going on, everyone? Uh, Ready for the holidays? You know what I mean. Um, (laughs) I don't know if this happens to anybody else, but I've got about 320 games installed on my xbox mm. yeah and uh i was so exhausted from a project i've been working on this whole week to finish before the holidays that i i just spent at least an hour each time i tried playing games scrolling through my library to find something to play and uh most of the time i just ended up playing either Roller Drone or Persona 5 Tactica, you know, something easy on the brain. But um, also, has anyone else seen that new trailer for the uh, for the mouse game? Yes, uh, yes, I have. The uh, black and white uh, FPS. Yeah. It looks yeah. great. Yeah, I-, I love the art style. The gameplay looks an absolute blast. And I can't wait to play it when it comes out. Although, you know, if I were the devs, I would pr- perhaps push it to 2026 so it doesn't clash with GTA. But um, obviously, it's a small studio. So, Microsoft, if you're listening, just uh, give, throw them a big bag of money and put it on Game Pass. Yes, yes. And, yes, yeah, so, well, that's what happened with Studio MDHR. I mean... You know, Microsoft was really, really into it, and I mean, hey, I, I love Cuphead. You know, I'm not usually into those kinds of like bullet hell kind games, but the art style and it was just a fun. You know, I, I really had a good time with it. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100. So with this being like an FPS, uh, you know old school doom meets uh steamboat mickey <laughs> you know 1930s kind of thing uh it looks exciting i again i am a big fan of uh of uh classic art styles like that so yeah yeah i mean it looks so much fun so i can't wait to play it Mm-hmm. yeah no it looks cool looks cool grimes all right next up who do we got here centurion buddy how you been i'm doing pretty good i'm just chugging away um trying to game when i can all over the place uh there's actually in my opinion a lot to be playing right now whether it's in game pass or games that are for sale 
Um, definitely eating good this holiday was when it comes to uh, what gaming has to offer. Um, other than that, just looking forward to tonight's topics and just conversating with you guys and uh, I guess uh, talking about our top games of the year before we kind of log off until next year. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea anyways, because this year, you know, I'll admit I was pretty busy at uh, throughout the year. But that being said, when I had time to, to game, oh man, I've been, like, there are some games that I just thoroughly enjoyed and surprised me. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I look forward to uh, our personal games of the year. So, uh We'll get into that sometime later, but uh, who else we got here? Dots, RTS, Dots, how's things? Things are good, things are good. I've been just hanging out, a busy day at work today and, you know, a couple other days, but overall, like, it's, uh, the, the year is wrapping up, as you said, and while some people can't get ready for the holidays, I can't be. I can't be more than ready for the holidays to be over. <laughs> um, it's 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 been a busy time, and I, I think I think when things cool down, I'll, I'll feel a lot better about everything. So, but no, it, all in all, in positivity. Um, yeah, I'm 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 happy to be here. Happy to go. It's uh, it's a good Sunday night as always. Indeed, indeed. All right, so let's see. Yeah, all right, chat, I see. We got some people questioning, oh, you know, where's Crusader? Where's General MLD? Well, Ger General MLD, guys, he will be here soon. He's just running a little behind, but it's all right. He said he'll be here, so I'll take him at his word. And Crusader may or may not be coming. I know he was busy earlier today, so we'll see. But, uh, you know, again, like, he he's on pretty, pretty regularly, so, hey. You know, if he's a little busy, then so be it. But, uh, hey, we still got a pretty star-studded cast here, and uh, it's pretty full. It's going to be pretty full for the most part. But, yeah, guys, we got lots to talk about. I'm excited. Uh, again, we got some uh, pretty good topics to go through. Uh, reminder, guys, to like and share out the show. Again, we'd love to have more wonderful people here with us live. And yeah, just help us with that pesky algorithm. You know, believe it or not, those likes do help. And turn on the notifications, guys. If you're not, uh, uh, you know, getting notified that we are live, then you know, just smash the uh, the bell where the notifications is because that helps out a lot too. All right, we see the chat filling up here. We got Thimber RWK. Who else do we got? Kenta Wilson, David, ATL. Oh, we got some pretty awesome regulars here already. Great to see you guys as usual. I hope you're having a, a great end to the year. And hey, we hope to have you here during uh, the beginning of the new year as well. All right. All right. Guys, uh, on that note, let's move right into our first order of business, shall we? And as of right now, uh, Disney has a couple of properties under, let's say, you know, they're being developed under Xbox Studios, Indiana Jones, and Blade, to be precise. We just found out about uh, Blade, what, a week or two ago? And it was pretty exciting. It looked pretty, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, and some are wondering what the relationship is between, you know, what it's like between Xbox and Disney, and even questioning the exclusivity of said titles. 
Well, recently, Disney's head of gaming, uh, Sean Shopta, spoke with Axios, stating that basically they're confident going forward with their exclusivity with Indiana Jones. However, Blade still, they're still kind of mum on from this, from how things are seeming, but it does appear to be exclusive. Now, Grimes, I'll hit you up first on this one. Do you think Disney is, like, happy to give out the exclusive titles to Xbox? Because they seem to have a pretty, well, decent relationship going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. And in my opinion, the reason they don't really care about exclusivity is all about the cloud and the Windows platform, of course. But with cloud, you can reach millions upon millions of players. Even PlayStation players that don't want to buy an an Xbox console, I very much doubt uh, Indiana Jones would be a fast or extremely busy gameplay that would be too heavy on the uh, bandwidth. So it could be perfect for a cloud game, uh, you know, to, to play on cloud, especially now with the NVIDIA GeForce now a deal uh, being signed of course we know nothing about the game but i doubt it will have it will be anything like wolfenstein or doom uh game gameplay wise most likely it will be like a tomb raider game wherever that be first or third third person we don't know yet but um uh besides i assume everyone the place modern games has at least one smart device in their home, which is why I think Disney doesn't care about exclusivity. Um, because yeah, with uh, cloud, you're gonna reach so many users. It could be on your phone, iPad, TV, on computer, on and on Xbox. So you're not really excluding PlayStation users. Um, And I honestly think the only people obsessed with this topic are the media and a small minority of fans. And the same goes with, uh, the same goes for Blade. We touched on it last week, but I don't think that game, that, that game is so far away that it would be pointless, pointless adding a platform when so much will change in the next few years. Um, I don't think we'll see another trailer for that game for at least another three, maybe four years. Look at Perfect Dark, for example. We got an announcement in 2020, and it's been three years since, at least three years since we've heard anything about that game. Granted, uh, of course, uh, the studio suffered major changes during development so it's a different story but we're not going to hear about perfect dark for at least another six months maybe even longer so uh and it's obviously a different story because it's a microsoft property but with disney and marvel being attached to the project i'm sure um They'll, they'll have to approve certain things about the game. Um, now, um, yeah, and then uh, I'm sure you guys heard about 
for reverse of, uh, with Disney maybe buying EA. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But first of all, it's a terrible move for both companies. I know EA isn't just a sports company, but FIFA or EAFC is what really brings them the most money. Most other properties EA in EA are dormant, and unlike and unlikely, and it's unlikely they'll ever see the light of day. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, for example, was an excellent game and sold extremely well. But as far as Jedi Survivor goes, they didn't really improve into uh, the formula that much, and it suffered from major issues, technical issues. I can see EA abandoning single-player games again in the near future uh, if, uh, you know, because they don't, they're not really seeing that many single-player uh, games right now anyway, and if they don't do as, as well as they expect, they'll definitely abandon them. Uh, we've spoken yeah. before about you were going to say something? Oh, I thought uh, we've spoken about Bioware uh, previously. It's not the same Bioware we knew. Uh, that's not the fault of the current devs. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's, yeah, but every individual has different visions of how they want to make the game. And the original creators of what made Bioware great, they're no longer in the studio, they're long gone. Dragon Age is in development hell because the executives at EA keep meddling with what the game is supposed to be with the development. Uh, If that was bad, just imagine how Disney would be uh, you know, meddling with the development of games. I mean, we've seen what, uh, and then there is also Battlefield, which has had several bad years. Uh, last Battlefield I personally enjoyed was Battlefield One. Same. Um, and uh, I can, yeah, just I can't see either, I can't see what either company brings to the table if the um. Besides, there are rumors circulating that Bob Iger wants to sell Disney. So I can't see Disney buying EA. Uh, and also, most Disney properties have been declining in recent years. Mm-hmm. Look at what they've done with the Star Wars uh, movies. Um, I didn't mind some of them, but the, the, they've been average. The best Star Wars movie uh, they've done was probably Rogue One and Mm. same goes with the the, uh, shows apart from Mandalorian they've all been disappointing and then there's Marvel I used to love the Marvel movies but I got burnt out from so much Marvel content Um, but going back to video games I, I much prefer Disney's current business plan in signing deals with partners. 
uh, for example, I'm hyped for the uh, Ubisoft Star Wars game. The gameplay trailer they showcased was so good. Uh, and uh, in my opinion, that appeals to me more than the, Je the Jedi uh, Fallen Order mm -hmm. or Jedi Survivor game. Then there's the uh, Quantic, Quantic Dream Star Wars project. Mm. Uh, D David Cage is an asshole, but his studio uh, makes state-of-the-art games every game they release. So don't expect anything less. Um, I would love to see a Punisher game being developed by the uh, co Coalition, for example. Uh, and honestly, I can't see any other studio making a game with that much aggression uh, machine games maybe <laughs> but but you you i get you a, i get you though, yeah. a, a punisher game being a third person and obviously um the punisher doesn't have chainsaws you know but it the gears games are so bloody and so good or imagine mm -hmm. uh uh jessica jones story-driven game by uh, Ninja Theory. Uh, these are only possible with partnerships. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can always hire talent from any of those studios to work on games if, if they own the EA. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Coalition, for example, devs there are always moving to other projects. Yeah, the, the games the Gears games keep improving each time and they look better every new release. Uh, as far as Disney and EA, the most likely scenario would be uh, Comcast buying EA because they've been uh, they've seen how much money is in the gaming industry and they want a piece of that pie. Uh, I think that would be a normal, uh, another terrible out outcome, of course, uh, because Comcast is a greedy company. But yeah, uh, they are already involved with uh, broadcasting major sports like football, uh, golf, rugby, racing, and more sports. So it, it would make sense for them. But it would be uh, it would be a terrible move for EA. Um, so I, I would much rather if they, uh, you know, stayed uh, as they are. Mm hmm. Did you ever play that Punisher game on the original Xbox? Uh, no, I, I no. I have. I, I didn't. I didn't have. Uh, my first Xbox was the 360. Mm hmm. Yeah. Eh, good game, good game. I still have it. Uh, I, mean, I should check it out. I mean, I'm sure it's available somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's just, uh, again, the secondhand market for some Xbox games is, uh, you know, you might be able to find it. It's just, uh, I know it's a, a sought-after game. So uh, that and uh, there's quite a few others, like uh, the uh, Conquer game as well. Uh, oh, I remember that game. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, like, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, going back to the uh, Ninja Theory, Jessica Jones, I mean, like, in, mm -hmm. 
Hellblade is so rich, rich in storytelling, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's still you know people call it a walk-in simulator, or whatever, but it's still it's it still has violence and uh, good good uh, action, and it would be perfect perfect for maybe a Daredevil game or Jessica Jones game. So there's so many talented studios that would be so much better than EA than having EA doing Disney property games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. I, I do kind of like how, again, they kind of branch out to other uh, publishers and developers instead of just having it in-house. And even when they were just strictly with EA for a couple of years, I didn't think that was a good idea. Although they did produce, you know, um, the Jedi games and, you know, something came out of that uh, with Respawn. But yeah, the Ubisoft game looks pretty uh, promising, uh, as does a few others, except for, uh, what was it, the Knights of the Old Republic (laughs) game, unfortunately. Um, Who knows, maybe Microsoft can come in and uh, save that. That would be nice. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, just interesting, this whole Disney business. Uh, General MLD, buddy, hey, I saw you sneak in there, how you doing? Hey, yeah, doing pretty good, yeah, been a good week in gaming, yeah, just happy to, you know, be here, chill, relax, talk games, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, now, since I, uh, got you here, what do you think about, uh, I guess there's two parts to this, because, uh, again, uh, Disney, they had their head of gaming talking about exclusivity, it seemed that, you know, in Indiana Jones are, you know, they were very cool with Xbox, kind of overseeing exclusivity with, but, uh, again, no real talk about Blade, you know, what's going on with that? Well, um, I figure it's just part of the course for these licensed games. We didn't really know much about Indiana Jones until the court documents uh, showed otherwise. So if it wasn't for that, we would still be in the dark about that game too. So Disney being okay with Indiana Jones, that bodes very well for, say, a game like Blade. Because this was a game that was announced multiplat, but Xbox pitched, pitched to them the idea that if even if it were to be exclusive to Xbox, it would still be on PC. Game Pass would get it, give it some reach. I'm sure they might do like uh, like they've done it with other games, like the four day early access paid, so they get some extra revenue that way. Like there, there's there's many ways uh, Xbox can give a, a return on investment. So if they convince Disney for that, and Disney went on record saying that the decision is is isn't up to them, but up to Bethesda. Then that all to me that to me that all but confirms that Blade will also be exclusive as well. Um, w- when will that launch? Will it be a next gen title? That's still up in the air. But I feel like any Xbox fans that aren't sure, I think they can kind of rest easy and put two and two together. That Disney isn't very strict about this stuff. Like they they, they give Spider Man to Sony, Wolverine to Sony, at least. They, they're open to the idea of exclusivity. And again, Xbox isn't just a console. They release their games day one on PC. So that is a sizable market to draw from. So I think, I think that says enough there. Now, the thing about Disney with um, trying to get into gaming, 
uh, and uh, people say they might buy a publisher like EA. That I'm not so sure about. It, seem, it just seems to me like like Disney is just doing um they're they're going like part of the course here. They just like licensing their their IPs out, like how Ubisoft is making a Star Wars game and uh, everything else we just mentioned. I think that's going to be their strategy for a little bit longer because once you get into gaming, that that, that is something that that you can't really undo. Like it's do or die. Like like look how Google did with Stadia. It's very risky. Getting into gaming is no, um, it, it's not simple anymore. So if they were to go into gaming, like they gotta pick their pick their battles right. They gotta do something big and make sure it sticks. Though, EA, however, yeah, uh, I think it was mentioned before when I slipped in here. Um, like they they have some successful studios, yes. But other games, like, uh, they're, they're in, like, Dev Limbo, like Dragon Age. And they have misfires, like Anthem. So, I think that's mostly Bioware, though. But I feel like, I don't know, EA still has some work to do internally to be, to be the best publisher they can be. If I feel Disney were, were to buy a publisher, I feel like they would go for Ubisoft. I don't know, because Ubisoft, they're really good at releasing games every year. These big, big AAA games that reach a lot of people. But um, yeah, I, right now I, I just don't see it. I think they're they're happy with what they got right now. Let other developers do the work. Let, let other publishers uh, foot the bill. All they gotta do is just collect that royalty money from the IPs that that they own. It, it's just it's just really easy on their part. They, they don't they don't really have to do anything. So that, that's my take. Um, the, they'll they'll st- they'll stay back for now. But at least with me in terms of Xbox games. If Indiana Jones became an exclusive from a multiplat, I feel like Blade is in safe hands too within the Xbox ecosystem. So, positive news for us. All right. All right. I mean, yeah, that's pretty reasonable what you said. Again, like, as for my opinion, I personally think that, I mean, you know, Blade, it's the same situation, you know, with Indiana Jones that uh, uh, for some reason whatever it may be they're just being mom and it's just it it will be exclusive regardless of i mean it is banned by arcane obviously and again we had talked about this uh like la- the other week last week um i don't know it just seems ridiculous that it, it wouldn't be it would be like weird again they give out uh disney gives out exclusivity deals to sony yeah, they got spider-man a couple of spider-man games now plus they got wolverine coming I don't see what the big deal is. Xbox has a big enough ecosystem now that it should not be an issue. It's uh, ever-reaching and growing and cloud capabilities, so on, PC, console. I don't see the issue, personally. Uh, Moving on down here. Centurion. Hey, I would love to know your thoughts here, pal. Um, Do you agree with what uh, the General and Grimes are saying here? Or uh, do you have another perspective to add? Well, I agree, but everyone has their own perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, well, for starters, I do not foresee Disney wanting to purchase a publisher. Um, so before they purchased Star Wars, Disney had pretty much dissolved, I think, Disney Game Studios and anything that had to do with video game production, yeah. like development. D- Disney pulled out of video games a long time ago. Mm -hmm. At least the powers that be currently that are in charge of Disney are perfectly fine with licensing out any content that people want to use. 
which is why um like th that goes hand in hand and why they feel that they don't care whether the game is exclusive or not um because disney does disney does what disney wants to i mean these guys literally are a powerhouse in the entertainment industry they're a powerhouse in the family theme park industry don't get me wrong there's a lot of stuff that is in decline in disney but at the same time disney is one of these companies that constantly roll the dice on new projects and new things and every once in a while um lightning hits and they have a big success they establish another franchise um like um i know like uh the star wars movies haven't exactly been hitting um but like uh let's take uh the movie encanto um for like my wife totally loved that movie that game i mean excuse me that movie was a totally breakout success for disney um and that's where yeah disney has the ability to it it's kind of like microsoft is with xbox my the like basically the company xbox does not hinge or die uh i mean excuse me the company microsoft does not hinge live or die on the success of xbox xbox is just a branch uh sometimes that branch bears fruit other times it could be lacking leaves um, and that's kind of like how Disney is. They have a lot of different IPs and ways of creating money. And one of the things they got out of was game production. And that's where they leave it to guys that want to do it. Um, which is where, and why would Disney want to get involved in one of the publishers, like uh, Grimes point out, that one of their bread and butters is like FIFA and other sports games. Um, but the hilarious part is, you know, like, Grimes did try to point out that, you know, single player games are actually in a decline. Well, the big problem for EA right now is a lot of these um a lot of these big sports uh powerhouses like FIFA don't want to let EA kind of do what they've been doing with the franchises now. Um which is where I believe now um if I'm correct, they're not even really calling it FIFA anymore, am I right? It's EAF, uh, EAFC. EAFC, yeah. Yeah, EA, so, I mean, because now, that's one of the big things that EA is going to find a problem, is they cannot do, like, some of these uh, likenessness of the athletes involved in the sport. So, that means no longer you're going to have these people that are going to be like, oh, I want to play as my favorite person on that team, or I want to play on that team. It, it, because EA is now going to have to create, like, canon teams, canon people, stuff that, you know, you're going to be able to sit there and be like, oh, I recognize those teams' colors, and I recognize what that guy represents, but it's not really him. Um, And that's where I'm, I feel like EA is at a little bit of an impasse as a company. I do not really see them as considering uh, single-player games as a total loss or an out. If that was the case, I don't think they would have paid to remaster Dead Space. Um, and I believe Dead Space was uh, kind of like showing like, hey, we're, I don't want to say it was an apology, but it was uh, definitely um, uh, like an, okay, we got it wrong when they said that single player games were no longer the end thing and they were completely being torn apart for their loot, uh, loot box practices and other stuff. and 
lo and behold, they did the remake for uh, Dead Space. And, of course, a lot of people raved about it. They were very excited for it. So I'm pretty sure EA wants to continue down that path of trying to recapture fanfare. Because, I mean, let's face it, for whatever reason, EA is one of those companies that has always been uh, one of those uh, sitting on top of Crap Mountain, like as one of the worst companies in gaming. Uh, let's just face it, they're also very well known for shutting down companies, which is why I understand why Grimes talked about like what's going on with Bioware. Um, I've always wondered that, you know, who's going to sh get shut down first in the future, DICE, or is it going to be Bioware? Um, but now with, uh, I believe, uh, Vince Paula helping out at DICE and trying to restabilize the Battlefield um, franchise, you know, it's leaning more towards... Uh, could we really see Bioware's last hurrah in the next Dragon Age game and the Mass Effect game that they're working on? And if by some chance they're not like breakout successes, is Bioware going to be the next ones where we, we see the doors get closed on the developer? But circling back around, um, this is where at least I defer. I might differ on people's opinions. Don't get me wrong, I understand everybody's argument of, you know, like, I guess if you're looking at it from a fanfare perspective, the Xbox brand needs A, B, and C, but at the end of the day, Microsoft is not like Sony. Microsoft uh, does things a little differently, um, and we have to lean back to what the guy said that is in charge of uh, some a little bit of the Xbox brand. We're not talking about Phil Spencer. I think it was like Tim Stewart or something like that, uh, who came out and said that, you know, games that Xbox makes or has uh, deals with either A, are exclusive, or come out first on Xbox and play best on Xbox. That's one of those things where I... I I don't think that Blade or Indiana Jones are not going to be exclu exclusive, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to lose sleep if they don't become exclusive or if by some chance later on in life they do get put on other consoles uh, because at the end of the day, I want the brand that I prefer to play games on to keep going forward. And in my opinion, the Xbox is hitting on all cylinders. Xbox uh, is delivering a lot of content and a lot of games for the for the for the fans of Xbox and people that choose to use the ecosystem wherever they play. Xbox, in my opinion, is one of the last strongholds of val uh, uh, one of the last strongholds of valuing their consumers. Um, they don't treat their consumers like walking ATMs uh, a majority of the time, like uh, PlayStation and Nintendo does. Uh, PlayStation tries to find more avenues of charging people either the same and offering less or charging more for something that Xbox gives to fans a majority of the time free of charge. Uh, like, um, you know, uh, what is it? Um, the system of basically giving enhancements for games where on the PlayStation side, a majority of the time it costs $10 or more to get these enhancements, where on Xbox... Um, a majority of the time you get them for free through first party studios. It's very rare that you get charged for them. But also uh, Xbox uh, is hiring developers left and right. It seems like the Xbox is not slowing down 
where we see other brands where we have Nintendo in this complete limbo of are they coming out with another Nintendo? Are they do are are they not coming out with another Nintendo? Uh, the Nintendo Switch is one of the worst places to play certain multi-platform games. It's basically the Nintendo. It, I mean, literally, is only good for first-party studio entertainment. And as Nintendo decides to always charge its fans like top dollar for those games. You very rarely see things on sale. Uh, where Xbox uh, has no problem putting some of their top games. Uh, very competitively priced, even like times right now where they're doing the countdown sale on the Xbox store. Um, and obviously with PlayStation, we will talk about it more later, but PlayStation's getting into some serious dire straits. Um, it, it's, it feels like PlayStation is about to go through Microsoft's 2013, 2014. And that's where it's kind of like the role reversal. And that's why I just say, I don't care if Blade by some chance is an exclusive or a timed exclusive, I know for a fact that no matter what, the best place to play that game is going to be Xbox hands down. And this is going to be nothing more than another way to keep the brand going forward and outpacing the competition. Well said, well said uh, there, Centurion. I mean... I mean, I have to agree with you. I mean, my preference for Blade is obviously going to uh, be on Xbox just because, well, again, well, first of all, the ease of access, I can just play it on Game Pass, right? Everything comes day one Game Pass if it's first party, so why not? You're going to have loads and loads right. of people in the well, ecosystem, especially, I mean, this game, I mean, I would imagine it's at least, let's say, three years off, like, for example. Right. Well, like, that's one of those things where I still stand by my original thoughts on the ABK deal when it was first mentioned by Xbox and Activision and everybody was talking about it. Um, and that's one of those things where I believe if the CMA and the FTC did not throw as much of a crybaby fit with Jim Ryan leading the way, I know for a fact that Xbox would have kept Call of Duty multi-platform no matter what, but their ace in the hole would have been like, you could play it on Game Pass over here where over there you're going to pay $70 just to play the base game. So I, I, that's one of those things where we know, uh, like, I hate to use the reference, but we all know that PlayStation's butthole puckered when they were like, oh my God, if they put that on Game Pass, they will completely tank the whole reason to play Call of Duty on PlayStation because who the hell in their right mind is going to go pay $70 when over there it's $15? Unless you're absolutely insane and dedicated to the brand, you are going to go where it's cheaper. And that's why I do believe that Jim Ryan and whatever powers that were trying to defend PlayStation or Sony wanted to make sure that Call of Duty was put in any streaming service or any subscription service to make sure that Call of Duty could not be weaponized for the, the Xbox platform. And I do believe if by some chance that never occurred, that would have been the ace in the hole that Microsoft would have had with Call of Duty. But this, again, is going to be another ace in the hole for Xbox that if by some chance that game does become multi-platform, you ain't going to see that in PlayStation Plus. You're not going to see it on NVIDIA GeForce. You're going to probably, only place you're probably going to be able to get that game day and date for $15 is Game Pass. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean... Again, you got so many games now 
being made by Xbox, especially with uh, some of these uh, interesting IP from uh, Disney. I mean, yeah, if you're a multi-console owner, it's one thing. But uh, if you're just a, uh, you know, uh, let's say a PlayStation-only guy, Nintendo-only guy, uh, yeah, you might have to, uh, you know, go into the Xbox ecosystem. I say ecosystem because, again, it would be like, PC, console, help, cloud, well, et cetera, et cetera, so. Right, and that's where one thing that Xbox has as a weapon that literally PlayStation is behind the times on is Xbox has been cutting deals with all these streaming services. And, like, right now, if I wanted to, I could unplug my Xbox from the wall and fire up my Samsung OLED and play on the Samsung Game Hub, and they have the Xbox Game Pass as part of the hub. So I could literally play an Xbox game right now on my Samsung television with no console needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Again, that's nice. And uh, these things are going to get better and better over time. At least that's the hope anyways. Uh, man, technology's moving at such a rapid speed these days. Uh, wouldn't well, have even thought about this. Like, right. You know. right now, but here's the cool part. We all know that NVIDIA GeForce is the premier streaming service for playing games on that level without a console. And because we, I've heard that like uh, NVIDIA GeForce is actually very well when it comes to latency and lag. And Microsoft is obviously buddy-buddy with them. So if NVIDIA GeForce ever gets put on a scale like with like the Samsung Gaming Hub or on LG televisions or other televisions, that's just going to facilitate it even further that people will have access to Xbox ecosystem games through other services other than Game Pass. So if by some chance you're not happy with uh, the technology of the of xCloud and by and you can get stuff like GeForce later on in life on platforms like a television, then you can just go to the platform you prefer. Like Microsoft does not care where you play games or interact with them as long as you're pretty much interacting interacting with the ecosystem. Right, right. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? It's all ecosystem based. So, it, well, ecosystem spread through Game Pass pretty much. So, again, Game Pass is that linchpin that holds everything together. And I guess the cloud, it's growing. It's growing. It's going to get better. But, uh, again, I, I do like the ecosystem approach, and uh, people thought I was crazy back in, like, 2015, 2016 when they were talking about this stuff. But I'm like, yeah, the multi-pronged attack, uh, you know, going into the near future, you know, I think that's a really, really good idea. All right, let's see. Dots. Dots, buddy. I would like to hear from you on this one. Uh, do you agree with what the guys are saying here? You got some thoughts to share? Uh, please uh, let us know. You're not giving me much of a follow-up after all that. Gosh, damn. All right. Um, <laughs> honestly, like, you know, a lot of the good points have been made. Um, Centurion, as always, you, you hit a lot of uh, nails on the head. Um, and Grimes, we can talk about your uh, your Star Wars slander later. You know, <laughs> But um, honestly, like, I'm not I'm not big into the marvel games so like this whole this whole blade fiasco is a little bit out of out of my niche but like i saw i saw the trailer at the game awards like a lot of other people did and i th and like my my brain definitely was not like oh you know xbox exclusivity it was you know i, I just hope that xbox gets it and 
I, I, I have a, I have a feeling that I have a feeling they will. Um, I, I, you know, Twitter's a whole mess of, you know, people fighting back and forth of, you know, oh, only PlayStation gets it, or oh, only Xbox gets it, or hey, but everybody gets it. It, it, it's, it's always the same mess there. But like, in terms of, in terms of what Disney plans on doing, uh, um, D- Disney itself has always been a wild card in my mind. Um, I honestly, I honestly hope. I honestly do hope that they eventually do kind of stick to an Xbox exclusivity deal. I think that that would be really a, a very interesting. I think it would be a good choice for them. Um, I think Xbox would be the safer place to put it because I think the one thing that Disney could do to benefit itself is put more of their IPs into more people's hands. And the best way to do that is Game Pass. That it that would be the driving force that would allow Disney to get more of their IP stuff into so many people's hands. And by doing that, that feeds into people going into their IPs and then, you know, deciding, hey, I want to spend money on this, you know, cosmetics or what other DLC microtransactions that, you know, all these different games are being putting out these days. I mean the the fact that like um Oh man, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> uh, I I, th- I think that I think that would be I think it would be good if they stuck with Xbox. You know, get some more Game Pass going on. Um, the whole thing with EA, I think that would be interesting. I think that, um, yeah. While while Star Wars is a big topic, while you know their Marvel stuff is a big topic, definitely the fact that if Disney grabs EA for whatever reason. Disney also owns ESPN. So like that's a huge huge sports news network and if they own EA which has some of the biggest sports games in the world, you know, even if it's, you know, not FIFA anymore kind of things. And then obviously their their shit show of a Madden game every year that they put out, but still people buy into it and people still spend thousands of dollars on those microtransactions and you know card packs or whatever the heck gimmick the fifa game has you know those are massive money markets that if disney tied into as well as having their connections with espn like you know whether i don't know i don't know how you collab with a news network but like that's still two big you know sports properties that people look into that would be huge for them and so like as much as I don't think Disney needs more money, I with, with like you know I have my business degree, I have my business knowledge. Like that would be extremely beneficial if Disney somehow snatched up EA, because then that would lock in, um, you know, obviously they would whatever IPs they want to let EA keep making for them, even if Star Wars isn't like their main thing anymore. Um, that that obviously then they would be the front runners of that. They would have control of what comes out. And then, you know, grabbing things like the not FIFA game and Madden and all that stuff on top of ha- having one of the biggest sports news networks at the same time. I'm sure they could tie that into some big bucks coming in, you know, filling their already full pockets and, you know, have they have to buy another bank to put all the rest of their money in. But like, once again, like, but then at the same time, I think I think that could still benefit the gamers, I think. I I would not I wouldn't even call say as far as that would cause a monopoly of anything because 
honestly, sports games have already been kind of monopolized at this point. And just them changing hand, uh, the hands of the owner to a different owner, it, 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 it doesn't matter, at least to my, my opinion, enough to like cause an upset in the in the gaming community. As much as it would just be like, oh, Disney gets more money, uh, the games stay relatively the same, and the people who just dive into those sports games stay in those sports games. So that's my thoughts on Disney with EA, um, at least at least in that regard. And then in terms of just the um, uh, exclusivity, I, I I would think I think it would be in their best interest to try to throw more into Xbox exclusivity, but. At the moment, I don't see that happening. I think that I think I think that it wouldn't be surprising if Disney's scared, or at least you know Disney's lawyers or whoever you know their their decision makers are are scared of upsetting the already you know easily triggered Sony PlayStation community by saying, "Oh, we're gonna put you know Indiana Jones, you know one thing, but you know Blade. Oh yeah, all everyone loves Blade, and, you know." something that a lot of kids these days never even seen the original movie let alone you know oh there it's only hyped up because you know the older generation actually knows who blade is is hyping it up and everyone else is just getting on the same train so we'll we'll see we'll see on that but i i think i think disney disney has a lot of big money choices they could make i do not think they're going to make them at this moment but i think with time if they come to see that see it as you know, I'm potentially seeing it as, or others who have shared the same opinion. Mm-hmm. There's hope. There's hope that they could potentially make a good choice and be like, "Hey, you know, Xbox is in our favor. I want everyone. I want. I want the Encanto game on Xbox <laughs> Game Pass tomorrow, and people will play it because it's going to be bad. But people will play it because they want to play the Encanto game." <laughs> so my question is, you know, there there is a scenario here. I'm not saying going to say how likely it is, but so you have an Indiana Jones game in development. You have a Blade game now just recently in development. And it would be interesting to see a Star Wars game uh, (laughs) made exclusive, to be honest. Uh, Unfortunately, like I I think I had brought up earlier, you know, uh, was it the Knights of the Old Republic remake is kind of... I don't know what you would call it if it was just like kind of canned or in limbo, but the project just seems lifeless at the moment. I don't know. I mean, there seems to be an opportunity here where, I mean, Microsoft Xbox could save the the project. I mean, I don't know who you give it to, to be honest. Well, I, but... I know it would be the biggest middle finger to everybody. Give the game back to Obsidian. Yep. Uh, yeah. Give the game back to the guys that originally made, um, uh what is so if i'm right bioware did the first one obsidian did the second one uh to be yeah, honest i'm not sure to be yeah, honest they did, sure. but that said yeah. they got a yeah. lot on their plate though i mean they got outer worlds and uh avowed and then um the people well, make pillars of attorney three new vegas two i want to say outer world request for them just saying that's it they everybody wants them to do do um new vegas 2 but new new vegas 2 is honestly if we were to really think about it is nothing more than a concept on a notepad or a napkin where we know that avowed and the outer worlds 2 are pretty far in production and 
I'm pretty sure as soon as Avowed or Outer Worlds 2 comes out, they could have that discussion of like, yo, there's all these assets that are sitting on a hard drive somewhere, God knows where, um, and it's pretty much floundering into non-existence. I mean, do you guys want to at least take a peek and see if you can make anything heads or tails of what's left? Or, and see if you want to go down this road or just completely say, screw it. But I mean, I would definitely say there's probably some potential there where you might just see them just have to flip the coin. Like, do we want to do, do we want to take another stab at doing KOTOR? Um, and that would be their hallmark. If you really think about it, they did KOTOR 2 and to be able to do the remake of the first game. And then you would essentially... It would have worked on both games, essentially. I don't know. You'd have to really flip a coin just to be like, do we want to do Fallout New Vegas 2 or do we want to do KOTOR um, and just show them that, I mean, we can really do this, and especially with the first game. I don't know. I just think it'd be funny as hell just to see Phil Spencer walk out on stage and just point up at the screen and just have the image of the KOTOR banner come up and be like, oh, yeah, that shit's our now, and just throw the microphone on the stage and just walk away. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. that would be cool. I'm not going to deny that. But, uh, I mean, given how far Fallout 5 is out, I wouldn't mind something in between. But that that's just me. Because, <laughs> well, like, they're making Elder Scrolls uh, first and then Fallout 5. So I don't, I don't want to wait another 10 years for a Fallout game, right? Well, wait a minute. Fallout's Bethesda. Obsidian is their own company now. I know, but since it's all under the same umbrella, they could pick up the slack in the meantime. Well, the funny part is now you've got Activision. I mean, you could literally have somebody that's like really wanting to cut their teeth as a support studio and they could like get under the banner with uh, Obsidian and really start being like, hey, we're tired of working on Call of Duty. And all of a sudden you could see a collaboration and, and a cooperation where you could see studios come together and start making games like this actually possible just because they're no longer like shoehorned into working on Call of Duty constantly. Yeah, but I, w I wouldn't want Sledgehammer to make make it either, you know. <laughs> oh well. Well, you got, but that's the cool. Like a lot of these studios are already used to being. I'm not talking like the main ones, but you know, there's a lot of studios out there, at least through ABK, yeah. that pretty much have been stuck in the realm of support studios, but they're only supporting Call of Duty. I'm pretty sure they would have mm -hmm. no problem being another support studio, but it's like, hey, guess what? It's KOTOR, and it's an RPG. You would probably see some people probably get on the ground and start crying for joy just because they're not going to have to work on a first-person shooter. I mean, shooter. you'd be surprised Ooh. what studios would get excited over just doing something different. I mean, hell, I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure Raven wouldn't mind doing something different or again like again like you guys were saying like a number of those uh, support studios or so many of them it's like yes we get to do something different that's not a first person shooter military shooter it's like you know it might not be r.i.p but you know it's something right um doesn't even have to be a full dedicated team you know it could just be True. right so but alas just an idea guys you know i'm just saying you know why not go for, you know, something like that? Because, uh, again, Sony was touting that not, you know, a little while back and things just kind of got really sour. So, but it'd be, again, it'd be nice to get KOTOR back. It would be nice to get KOTOR back. All right, guys, any more comments, concerns, opinions regarding uh, some of the Disney comments? Yes, no? 
All right, all right. Safe to say, uh, time to put a lid on that conversation, but uh, a yeah, pretty good one nonetheless. And, uh, you know, we'll keep up to date about, uh, again, these uh, you know different things that come out regarding ex- exclusivity. I'm not too worried, but, again, you know, somebody says something and then social media goes nuts. But time will tell, time will tell. But I, I think it's safe to say that it's exclusive, um, especially Blade. Alright guys, uh, if you haven't done so already, smash that like button and share the show out. Guys, let everybody know that we're live. This is the last show of ours for 2023 and hey, so far it's rocking. And the chat's been awesome guys, I've been looking at all your comments. You guys really know how to rock it. Alright, alright, I think it's time to hosey on down to the next topic. And one that's been kind of the talk of the town the, the last few days, if I may say so. And a few days ago, Naughty Dog, Studio Naughty Dog, made a statement saying that The Last of Us Online is officially cancelled. While the team was excited about, you know, just about the project, uh, the scale of it became, well, a lot more than what they thought it would be. And then the studio was faced with a kind of a directional crisis, according to uh, what they said in their statement, to either go solely live service or continue on with just narrative-focused experiences. You know, I mean, that is kind of an ex, ex, you know an existential crisis for the studio, if I may say. Um, I don't know if Sony had uh, put them in a bit of a spot there, especially with games as a service, uh, the focus uh, that they wanted to go for. Ooh, I don't know, I don't know. But a lot, a lot of fans of the uh, factions and Last of Us Online, very disappointed, and it sucks, it sucks. What do you want me to say? But it is quite the story here. I know basically everybody wants to go into it. Uh, General MLD, but I'll start off with you first. What do you make about uh, Naughty Dog's statement here? Well, um, looks like it's part of a trend. A uh, bit of a correction uh, course, uh, to say the least. feel like it all started when ABK went through and Jim Ryan's big push uh, to cancel it failed. And he got, you know, he lost his authority And it seems when that happened, his ambitions kind of went away with him because they are now saying how they wanted like 10 to 12 games, uh, games as a service games in the next uh, few years. Well, that number has been slashed in at least in half that we know of right now. Another example I I remember hearing was what a a published game from Deviation Games canceled. And um, then we have like what the thing with Bungie going on there. Destiny 2 is losing players, uh, layoffs, their expansion was delayed, Marathon delayed into 2025, uh, Sony might take control of them if Bungie can't turn around, and now we have Factions 2 cancelled. Because this is significant to me because this is Naughty Dog we're talking about. They were arguably the top developer of PlayStation. Um, The games they put out in the last generation or two um, starting with uh, the Uncharted, Last of Us series, and uh, all that stuff. Like, it put them on the map in a pretty big way. So this, it kind of shows uh, some cracks in the armor here. Um, they promised this game for a few years now, and what's fishy is that they said they didn't want to support this game for years after launch, but isn't that literally what the goal was, what they signed up for, to make a live service game? So it's like, they're starting something, knowing what it is, but then realizing they don't want to go through with it anymore, so they just stop. But 
Another part that's weird is that they used to be able to make multiplayer games. Last of Us 1 had a multiplayer component alongside the single player component. And it's like over the last 10 years, they just forgot how to do it. Like when they remade The Last of Us Part 1, it didn't ship with the multiplayer. People noticed. And I'm thinking to myself, why wouldn't you do that? Like that's just free engagement. You're going to get people playing your game for years after they beat the original campaign. Like especially with all these new gamers that are getting into the game after the TV show. Why haven't they done it? And now, to me, it's kind of clear now, they're just so used to single-player games, they just don't know how to do anything else now. They, never mind li- some massive live service game. They could have easily just made a, um, a, a Factions Part 2. Like, not, not, not like a regular multiplayer game that built upon the first one. And that would have been enough for many gamers. So I don't see why they couldn't do that. And then there's another issue that PlayStation, they kept saying they want to grow their studios organically. How come you can't hire more people here? Why couldn't they hire uh, people to do this as well as their single-player games? They could have done both. It's not like they're one of their lesser studios. This is Naughty Dog we're talking about. So the fact that Sony isn't committing to these guys and making them, uh, no pun intended, a one-trick pony... Like, that to me says something. It shows that their whole <laughs> games-as-a-service push, it, it, it's, it's in shambles. Because if they can't do it, if Bungie's struggling, then the whole operation's uh, a mess, in my opinion. And that, to me, is amusing on another level because this, this they did completely by themselves. This is their own doing. They made the decision to over-specialize in single-player games in the PS4 generation... Because they the PS3, they did everything. Single-player, multiplayer, they had some good variety. But PS4, they over-specialized, and they made the mistake of over-relying on third-party multiplayer games and their marketing deals to get by, like Call of Duty. And look where that uh, uh, turned out. It's now an Xbox game. They can't make those marketing deals anymore. It's now an Xbox game now. So now they got to look elsewhere. Now they got to make their own. But they realize they forgot how to make their own. Whereas Xbox, they've been they get they got the most genre um, diversity uh, I've ever seen. Like they're making small games, they're making big games, they're making big single player games, they're making games as service games. Whether it's uh, made like from the ground up, like Grounded, or Sea of Thieves, or bot games like World of Warcraft or Call of Duty and Warzone and the like. That's how you do it. See, Xbox knows it's far far riskier to make a games-as-a-service game from the ground up because most of them fail. The current market right now is saturated. you got to make a game that's going to pull people away from Apex Legends, from Fortnite, from Minecraft, from Call of Duty. Good luck doing that. Xbox, at least they bought what was established and reaped the benefits, keep them going, and reinvest themselves into new single-player experiences, whereas PlayStation, they are now stuck. They, they're in the in the opposite camp, and they cannot do these from scratch because the risk is too great, and they know it. So it kind of shows you how each brand is positioned for the future. I'm not saying PlayStation is going anywhere, but at le- they cannot diversify their games. That much we know now. Because they want their games to have a revenue stream beyond the initial one and done of a single-player game. But they can't get it, and they want it, 
but they can get it. Whereas Xbox, they got a little bit of everything. So I'm glad to be uh, an Xbox gamer knowing I'm going to get that kind of variety. If I, want, if I want a single player game, I'm there. If I want a multiplayer game, I got that too. Whereas uh, Sony, they're kind of back themselves into a corner right now. So to me, it's a little bit of karma that uh, their best developer is struggling this much. And canceling a game is, is, no, is no laughing matter. Like, this was a game that many looked forward to. And, again, from a flagship franchise, from a flagship developer, that says something. Say, people say, say what you want about Halo Infinite. Those guys made a single-player game and a multiplayer game at the same time in the middle of a pandemic. How many Sony developers can do the same? Zero. So I just want... That, that's my rant. But, uh, yeah... Yeah, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Now, now, General, they did a remaster. Don't forget about that. <laughs> oh, the, what, the Last of Us 2 reheated leftovers in the microwave? Does that count, I guess? But that's not really multiplayer, though. Is that no. Rogue? No, but they did, they did something. They did something, right? I mean, I, I guess something? that sort of counts. It is content, sort of, right? Rehashed, but it is content. Yeah, I, I, I guess. <laughs> it, it passes as content. So, yeah. They, they they got the Naughty Dog's got a, they got they, they got some work to do to reclaim that that lost glory they once had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Naughty Dog is an interesting case. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people were looking forward to uh, this mode because the the factions community, the online for uh, the original Last of Us, uh, very very uh, passionate. A lot of people talk about it. Um, I had dabbled in it a little bit. I, I wasn't really too into it myself, but a lot of people liked it. And I was like, okay, you know, if uh, you guys could uh, get this game out eventually, um, this separate experience, honestly, I, I would have been happy. But, you know, it sucks. It sucks. I know, you know, it just seems like a lot of people got their hopes up. Uh, Sony and Naughty Dog got their hopes up. It's unfortunate. Uh, let's see. Dots RTS. Dots, I'll be honest, I don't know if you've ever played, like, The Last of Us or uh, Factions or anything like that. Uh, that being said, Naughty Dog's statement, um, I'll admit, I was surprised. I was surprised when it got released because, uh, you know, it, it seemed like, you know, they were taking their time with it and they wanted to make it, uh, you know, as good as it could be, but... I don't know, you know, making this statement right before the holidays, right before the end of the year, it's just kind of, um, I don't like, I don't want to say last minute, but at the same time, it is kind of striking that they're like, you know, oh, you know, the project just kind of eclipsed a lot more than what, you know, the scope of what we thought it was going to be. And it just sounded like it was hogging too many resources and so on. Like, you know, what, what are your thoughts on this? Were you, were you looking forward to it? Or, um, is it just one of those things where it's just like, yeah, PlayStation just had to cut it. Uh, to be brutally honest until today, when you told us what we were talking about today, I didn't even know lots of us had an online. (laughs) I thought it was well, not the second one, player. not the second one. The first one did, and a lot of people are like, "Where's factions? Where's factions?" Yeah, I, I don't even know what factions is. I, I've never heard of these terms before today. <laughs> I, I, 
I thought Last of Us was exclusively single player. I didn't even know they had an online version of it. So well, like... this would have been a, a separate experience because it didn't come with uh, The Last of Us 2. And a lot of people were like, where is it? We want our online experience with The Last of Us. Like, okay. So they were working on something, something in the same vein. And apparently it, it got to be more than what it was supposed to be. But now it's just it just got canned. Just got canned. Okay. Um, honestly, without, so I don't, you know, go on a ramble or anything, because I, I know I do that from time to time. I I have a feeling that, I mean, I think this is a big hit to, to Sony. I think this is a big hit to the PlayStation, because I, I feel like with, like with the name Last of Us, they, they have put a lot of time and effort into making this one of their poster children games. A fact that what? It has it's not even ten years old and they had a remaster come out of it. You know, we've had that whole cut topic of conversation before. So to have them, you know, do something with the Last of Us brand name and then having to scrap it, I th- I think that, that shows that there is something wrong with the inner workings uh over there and that 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 should be a big, you know, red flag of Hey, th- things are not. If they are saying things are going okay, they're lying. Kind of, kind of issue. So, um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think, uh, time will tell, like the true, like outcome of that. But I think, uh, yeah, we're, we're, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a good sign. It's nice and simple is if they have to put something with the last of us name ip in the dirt that means something's not going not going well over there and so that we definitely want to keep our eyes open of you know follow-up news because i'm sure we'll get some insider information or leaks or you know people talking about it when out of nda of hey this is why this happened or hey this is the situation in our studio so Definitely a, a red flag eye opener, keep your ears open kind of situation is what I'm getting from that. All right. All right. That's fair enough. I mean, it is highly suspicious. Like you said, that this is a pretty big IP for them. Um, one of their biggest in recent years. And uh, again, to can a mode for it. Yeah, it, it is kind of suspect, especially with uh, them um, kind of downgrading their uh, games as a service going forward uh not looking good not looking good um let's see grimes grimes i mean i'd like to hear your input on this um again i i I found it uh, to be kind of surprising i mean i knew that they were you know we're always being told that yeah sony playstation they were Again, uh, trying to go away from uh, games as a service because that was something that Jim Ryan was focusing on now that he's leaving. Uh, I think he's leaving in April or March, if I'm not mistaken, um, that they were going to shift away from games as a service. I'm just kind of surprised that it was, uh, again, something relating to The Last of Us. I'm still kind of surprised that they did that, but it must have been a resource hog, even for a smaller project. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. I I agree with you. Last of Us being cancelled is no surprise to anyone, really. But I do feel for any developer who spent the last few years working on that project, 
it's never easy having a project you've dedicated hundreds of hours working on uh, being canceled. And let's be honest, I don't think Naughty Dogs even wanted to make that game. That game. This was 100% uh, Jim Ryan's brainchild. Uh, the, the game didn't sound fun. And I can see players checking it out the first month or so, and then the game dying a slow death. There are way too many live servers, live servers games right now, and it's impossible. Uh, it's an impossible task to compete with them if your game doesn't stand out. And I don't think they had a a good plan for that live service game. Um, their statement, as many of you guys have mentioned, was funny how they said live service games bad, single players games good, and we cannot do both, uh, and that they have to become a live service studio in order for the game to succeed. I don't think that's necessarily true as other studios have proved they can do both single player and live service. I think it all comes down to money. Sony in reality is hurting for money. They probably cannot afford to hire another 100 developers for a live service division at Naughty Dog. But they don't realize it takes time and effort to make a live service game. General mention Sea of Thieves. That game uh, launched at such a sad state. It, it barely had anything at launch. But look at it now. Several expansions. Constant free content. And most recently, they even added a private server, private servers for gamers that don't want, that are too afraid of their loot being stolen from other players, you know, playing with other players. So they, they didn't have to do it, but they added uh, private servers called a safe, a Safer Seat. Um, Another game, look at uh, uh, War, Warframe. That game launched in 2013 and it's still bringing good numbers. So it's possible to start from nothing and then become this massive game. Um, and it's funny how the media uh, did react to the game being canceled. Uh, they praised the decision, but I'm not surprised really, because a lot of them just play on, on PlayStation and they like their single player games. I haven't played uh, either of the, of the last of us games. Uh, but I definitely want to check them out eventually. But 
yeah, let them focus on single player games, I say. And um, I can see them reusing a lot of those assets from the uh, faction game for uh, Last of Us 3, which a lot of studios do anyway. A lot of most studios reuse assets in, in order to speed development because otherwise it would take an eternity uh, make, you know, making new assets for a brand new game. But anyway, uh, yeah, you know, Naughty Dog, it's a legendary studio, so let them focus on what they do best. Um, it's no surprise to anyone. Again, it was all about Jim Ryan, uh, making all those decisions and I'm pretty sure Sony, his bosses weren't happy with this leadership and they most likely either, uh, they gave him two options to either leave or being removed because look at the decisions we've been making now, all those as you guys mentioned, all those life services he wanted to make are decreasing in number uh, by month. So who knows if they'll even make one life service game at the end of the day. That's all I have to say. Alright, alright. Uh, fair enough there, Grimes. And again, interesting perspective there. Uh, let's see, who else do we got to round out this? Oh, Centurion, I don't think you've had a chance to, uh, speak on this yet. Uh, you know, please, my, uh, desert friend, uh, what are your thoughts on all this? Because, you know, again, like, yeah, I feel for the fans here, right? Because it just seems like, you know, everyone had their hopes, uh, kind of shattered here. They kind of, uh, led them along for a couple of years, you know, they'd say the occasional thing, and again, just like in a, in a post, it's like, damn, you know, like, that sucks, that's really sucks for, uh, Factions fans. Yeah, so, alright, if you really want to know where I think about this. Possibly. This is what, this is what you fucking get. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse my French, but I mean, clip that, share it with your PlayStation buddies. This is what you get for running your mouth. We all remember when Scalebound was a thing. Uh, it was in heavy development. We saw some gameplay videos. It wasn't all that great. And uh, it got canceled. Scalebound has been one of the black eyes for the Xbox brand. And, of course, everybody brings it out like it's some glorified receipt whenever something goes down at Xbox. Like, oh, Xbox doesn't know what they're doing. Well, let's really objectively look at this. Xbox hired a third-party company that took their money and, instead of making scale-bound, went and did other things. But that's a third-party company. Somebody physically has to go over to Platinum Games, knock on the door, and find out what they're doing. Phil Spencer did saw that it was a circus, and he axed that game in a hot second. But Factions, Naughty Dog, first-party studio game, 
that means Sony only has to pick up the phone and ask what is going on. Get some emails, demand results. And so let's really talk about mismanagement. Like I'm just pointing out, like right now, like this is essentially Sony's scale-bound moment. People knew it was coming. Uh, people were fed this little carrot on the end of a string. And of course, it was snatched away very quickly. Um, so the next time somebody decides to bring up scale-bound into a conversation with me, I'm going to tell them to go ahead and, and go find uh, Last of Us Factions and, and see how that feels. Um, and this just goes into a whole history, I mean, a whole um, situation with what's going on with Sony, because we obviously saw mismanagement with, uh, with like KOTOR, even though they didn't really have nothing to do with that, but yet another black eye for some marketing. Uh, what about the um, what about the aban the abandoned game? Like it's like Sony is so desperate to outpace Xbox that they just make these silly decisions, and that's where we get into these conversations about what was Jim Ryan doing. Well, let's think about what he's been doing. Um, and please, I'm I love playing PlayStation games. I love what they have to offer. I've picked on Jim Ryan a lot, though, for a very big reason, and this is one of the things I've been wanting to point out for a long time, and finally, it's all starting to come crystal clear for people. Uh, let's look at this. God of War. We want to make some DLC called Ragnarok. No, 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 no. Turn that into a full game. Spider-Man. Hey, we want to make some DLC called Miles Morales. No, 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 no. Turn that into a full game. Hey, uh, we're building Last of Us 2, and we want to put a multiplayer mechanic into it. No, no, no. Make that into a full game. He has taken stuff that ha that should have been put in with the original game, sold as DLC, um, and tried to turn them into these full-fledged standalone games, essentially taking studios away from being able to work on new IPs and craft new ideas, or maybe further IPs that deserve a little bit more spotlight, looking at you with Days Gone. I mean, hopefully uh, whoever takes Jim Ryan's place over there undoes what he did, and, and, they're allow and they allow Ben Studios to go ahead and work on Days Gone too. I would love it. I Like, dude, I, I have still yet to purchase Spider-Man 2. <clears throat> but if Days Gone 2 was to come out tomorrow... F and A, I'd be there buying that game day one. So if that just totally goes, I am Spider-Man out. Like Grimes said earlier, I mean, like, dude, Marvel is just get. I, and uh, like, out of all the Marvel franchises, I understand Spider-Man is the, one of the most popular. But at the same time, dude, in my lifetime, I've only been thirty. I'm only thirty-seven years old, and I have seen multiple actors play Spider-Man, multiple Spider-Man cartoons. There is multiple, multiple IPs in the Marvel universe that deserve more screen time than Spider-Man. Um, and that's where I just really, I, 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 I mean, this is where I really do feel that at least what Jim Ryan was doing finally bit him in the butt chasing the whole almighty let me make sure anything i do has some kind of a reference to you know movies or television and like let's not even really dedicate very much to our own internal ip anymore hence remasters and turning stuff that should be dlc into full-fledged games and then he went all in with bungie 
and Bungie obviously kind of was one of the reasons why Factions was was like had a big monkey wrench shown in it because it wasn't games as a service enough. It wasn't grindy enough. Like, dude, like I knew that Last of Us had a multiplayer element. Uh, for those who also don't know, even Uncharted had a multiplayer element as well. Um, and like those multiplayer elements were very extremely basic. People enjoyed them for their simplicity. I think if factions would have came out as games as a service, people would have lost their minds because that's like they that's what made those multiplayer mechanics for those games uh very fanfare favorites was the simplicity of them. And with with the creators of Destiny met meddling in there for starters probably created uh, a big monkey wrench in the situation where they were dedicating an absolutely asinine amount of resources on how do we turn this into a full-fledged game and then they saw probably some of the struggles that 343 went through um turning halo infinite into even a bigger games as a service style game and that's when they realized oh my god games as a service is a money pit and it's like no shit like who you didn't you didn't think it was a money pit you didn't think it was going to be a large uphill battle you didn't you, you didn't think that just because you put the the rubber stamp of sony on it it was going to be an instantaneous smash out success oh come on now you're fooling everybody including yourselves um and that's where yeah we're starting to see things kind of change for sony the the only game that they have to offer next year to my knowledge and to everybody's knowledge currently is the wolverine game um, I really hope they knock that game out of the park, um, not for Sony's sake, but for the the IP of Wolverine's sake, because, you know, how long has it been since we've got anything other than, I mean, dude, the X-Men themselves deserve a much fairer shot in today's Marvel Universe, and I just want to see them knock that out of the park just because Wolverine deserves that kind of a, a recognition um but that's the sad part is like that's the only thing they have to currently offer right now because jim ryan had them all super hyperbolically focused on turning again stuff that should have been dlc into a full-fledged game and going down this rabbit hole of games as a service because he saw what xbox can do um and that's where you know it, it like next year is going to be a very interesting time for PlayStation and hopefully we're going to be able to break down some of those barriers uh that have been built over time and thinking that PlayStation is just this infallible giant in the gaming industry um and I really hope that this base this whole situation with factions everything that's going on behind the scenes with PlayStation is really going to make some community members and media members Humble the F up. Well said, well said. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a bit humbling uh, in a lot of ways. Again, uh, PlayStation kind of ran away last gen uh, with uh, things. This gen has been way more competitive. Um, I mean, Xbox has really brought it. Uh, hell, even Nintendo's been extremely successful uh, with the Switch, the good old Switch. Uh, that being said, um, 
Yeah, I mean, Xbox has been very successful with even some of their smaller projects. Uh, someone alluded to uh, Grounded, for example. You know, small project, small team, but man, very successful and has a very large community there building things up, constantly adding things. And yet, uh, again, a studio like Naughty Dog, a very successful, very talented, just can't get things done with, uh, again, this uh, multiplayer. Again, uh, we don't know exactly how things were, uh, <laughs> what was said uh, behind closed doors. That being said, though, again, it's a shame. I know a lot of, there were, are a lot of people, I knew people that were looking forward to it. So, you know, that does suck. That does suck. So, uh, again, here's hoping that uh, The Last of Us 3... Whenever that gets officially announced, it uh, turns out to be all right. And uh, who knows, maybe they will see a, uh, some remnant of this project in The Last of Us 3. You never know. You never know. All right, guys, any more uh, comments on this? Yes, no? Hmm. All right. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. Guys in the chat, again, I am loving the chat right now, guys. Uh, some really interesting conversations going on. If you haven't done so already, smash the like button and, of course, share this episode out. And if you're new here, hey, I would love to have you stick around as with the other guys. Uh, hit that subscribe button. All right, all right. Uh, time for, uh, well, you know, guys, it is that time of the year. It's the last show of the year. Uh, we got to talk about our game or games, you know, plural, uh, of the year. Uh, let's see, uh, Dots, I'll pick on you first, um, you know, a lot of games, a lot of good games released this year, um, any highlights, you got any favorites, uh, it doesn't have to be one in particular. Well, not to, not to be on the repeat of literally a majority of peop other people, but I, I really do give it to Baldur's Gate 3, I think out of all the games I played this year, that has been the most revolutionary. I, I, I well, for me particularly, I would not say it's been life changing because I know there's a lot of people out there who's like, oh, you know, this this game literally changed like my livelihood. I'm not that extreme, but I will say that it is very much, you know, like I, I picked it up. I. I didn't even play it during the three years of early access. I picked it up like a week before it came out so I could get all the DLC for free because it gave you pretty much gave you the deluxe edition for free if you bought it when it was an early access. But no, it, it, it seriously was something. It was something else. And I, you know, the only real RPGs I really dug into in my time are, you know, um, Bioware and um, Bethesda ones, so Skyrim, Mass Effect, those are really the only, like, story-driven RPGs that I've really, like, really dug into, and I, I'm happy to say Baldur's Gate it fits right with them, and if not, you know, excels in different ways. The How many lines of dialogue there are, just th the fact that it it actually taught me how to play D&D, &D because I never, you know, I never played, uh, I didn't start playing actual D&D, like, with friends and whatnot until about this year, and so for, um, for this game to come out, and then, like, kind of just 
But he's like, oh, this is how you play 5e D&D. And I pick it up. I'm like, oh, damn, this is how you play 5e D&D. I now know how to play this because there's things in the tabletop that make absolutely zero sense. And then I, I picked it up. I picked it up on Bullish Game. I'm like, oh, wow. The, the, you know, not everything is one for one. I've been told that numerous times by people who are much more experienced than me in D&D. But from what I, you know, I saw, I was like, hey, you know, this is a good way to implement that. And this is a this is a great way to learn how to play D&D. And it is an absolute shame that the game did not come out before COVID. Obviously, I know that, you know, they worked through COVID and they had a couple people pass away during COVID and, you know, hearts out to them. But like if this game actually came out during COVID and this would give people that D&D experience while everyone's stuck inside away from other people, like th- it would have been monumental. But at the same time, this is I think Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be a game that people are going to play for years to come until either something bigger comes around to you replace it by the same people. I don't know how far a Baldur's Gate 4 possibly could even be, but I see this, this, this game is not only doing the numbers. I think it's going to last long time too. I, I am to this day still seeing videos, memes, hype, discussion, discoveries. I mean, with how many lines of dialogue are in that game and how many choices you can make, are people still posting like, oh, this is the first time I've heard this character say this because I did this very specific chain of things that normally people would not do in their right mind. But the game developers, Larian, were like, hey, we already have this in mind. We're going to we have everything in mind. So we have dialogue for everything that you possibly could have potentially done. And I think that amount of work just in the the vocal department is insane. And th- and that's that's why I think Baldur's Gate three has my kudos. That 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 is my game of the year because I've touched some. I, I've tu- I I won't say I've touched a lot of games this year. I'm definitely not. You know, I'm not like you guys. I know um, Cru- Crusader was like in like the 80s to 90s this year. Last year is like at over a hundred or so. Wow. Games, new games played. He he likes to boast about that. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but um. No, so that that's my um that's my game of the year. And speaking of Crusader, I I told him that I would speak for him in in this say. He wants to give his game of the year to um Starfield. He he says Starfield's number one. Alan Wake two is like in his top three, if not his number two, for this year. And then, but he also he wants to put the caveat that he has not played Baldur's Gate three yet he owns it but he has not played it yet so he does that might have been the game of the year if he actually played it but he doesn't know so well so for me it's Baldur's Gate for him it's Starfield <laughs> well who knows it could be his game of the year for next year so time will tell time will tell on that um yeah guys in the chat you know I see a few people uh, listing their uh their top games of the year yeah please uh I, I would love to see uh more people posting them it's always uh exciting I see some Starfield, Forza Motorsport, uh, what else do we got? Redfall, Hi-Fi Rush, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, Alan Wake 2. Yeah, hey guys, again, this year was full of awesome, awesome titles. Uh, Not gonna lie, not gonna lie. Um, Definitely one for the ages. You know, I think back to, there were some years where it was just jam-packed with games uh 2007 2010 
Definitely highlights of mine. Uh, this one, yeah, jam-packed as well. All right, uh, moving on. General MLD. I'm really curious uh, what some of your some of your top games were this year because uh, I know you played a lot of different titles. So please share, my friend. Oh yeah, this was definitely one of the I think one of the best years in gaming uh, I think of all time. 2007, you said. 2010 was good too, but. Uh... I feel I didn't play it because it came to Xbox so late, but I feel like Baldur's Gate 3 does deserve it. In, ter in terms of games that I personally played, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm driven a lot by nostalgia as well. Played a lot of games on my on my backlog too. But so in that regard, I'm going to say Dead Space Remake and RE4 Remake because, uh, I mean, for one, Dead Space Remake, it basically took that feeling of just that, that that horror that Dead Space was so fun for me and it took it up a notch because it had this thing called the um oh, the, oh it's called the director I think it basically made necromorph spawns random and I played the first game so much that I knew exactly where each one was going to spawn but this game I got some genuine scares because I re-enter a room and all of a sudden I I just get like ganked from behind I'm like, what the? I, I and then <laughs> it's a the whole thing happens. Every encounter is different, and I think that's what they. It was really good how they made the game just feel fresh to me in that regard. And RE4, um, the same framework was there, but it did feel it's like its own game in many ways as well. And so it was like nostalgic, but also a new game at the same time. I, I really enjoyed that because that was actually my first mainline Resident Evil game was actually RE4. I just like played around uh, random entries after that. So this game, it was a special place to me anyway. Uh, and the rounded off, uh, like my top five in no particular order are those two. Um, Atomic Heart, that game came out of nowhere. Really surprised me how good it was. Uh, it was just like robot Bioshock, essentially. Just really, really good. Uh, Starfield, um, yeah, just like space opera, like go out go out there explore it's like you have your own ship your own crew i've always wanted that kind of game so starfield was also a great game for me but i feel like my personal game of the year came out of nowhere was lies of p because i'm relatively new to the soul genre i only beat elden ring before lies of p and you know they say lies of p is coming to game pass day one and it's okay i try it out the more i play it the more I love this game, the characters, the story, the world building, all excellent. And just that it's my game of the year because it, it gives you that feeling of triumph because I'm not really a souls kind of guy, but I am persistent when I want to beat a game. I'll do what it takes. And that feeling when you beat a hard boss with everything you got and you have just like the smallest bit of health left, but you beat the boss. That feeling of just perseverance and triumph, like being the odds, like without, yeah, like based on your own skill, it's a good feeling to have. And for that, I'm gonna get gonna give it to Lies of P. So that developer, I, I I forgot their name, but like hats off to them. They knew what they were doing, and I look forward to their next game. So yeah, that that's me. But uh, yeah, I had a solid mix of uh, indie games too. Sea of Stars was great. Um, yeah, play games on the 360 backlog, play some Xbox One games. Like I beat Persona 5 uh, this year as well because it, it finally came to Game Pass. That was a great game too. 
overall, just a really solid year. No complaints on my end. A lot of great games. All right, all right. I'm glad you mentioned, yeah, like Liza P. I, I, I haven't had a chance to play that, but I know some others on the panel have a really tough but enjoyable uh, title, Souls-like game, and uh, a few others there. Anyway, I'll just chime in here and say mine, guys. Um, some notable mentions, again, they didn't necessarily get released this year, but I've been playing them this year, and they've been really, really fun. Uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, the uh, co-op Ghostbusters game where you trap ghosts and go into different locations. Had a blast playing it with uh, Centurion and a, a, a friend of mine. You might see him in the chat sometimes, Nod Buggy. Been playing that a bit. Really, really fun experience. Um, again, just full-on Ghostbusters fun. I really ha have had a good time with it and I want to definitely play it more in the coming weeks. Uh, this game came out last year as well. The Callisto Protocol came out late last year. General MLD actually had lent me the title. I just played it about a month or so ago. I really enjoyed it. I got knees deep into it, and it is just such a, a welcoming experience. It's a little more rougher than Dead Space. I mean, it's very much akin to Dead Space, obviously, with the uh, studio talent that was behind it and so on. Uh, that being said, it is its own thing, and I just, I really liked the combat to it, and I would just love to see where they take it next. Uh, I hope that there's a sequel to it. I just, um, gorgeous game, all kinds of detail to it, and even just, like, the sounds of it, too. I just... I don't know, it really, really blew me away in a lot of ways. As well, uh, Warhammer 40k Darktide, nice co-op experience there as well that I want to spend more time with going into next year. Um, it's on Game Pass, had fun with it. Again, as you guys know, I talk about Warhammer 40k a lot, and it is just a really fun uh, co-op experience. Uh, a lot like Vermintide, except uh, futuristic. I highly suggest checking it out. There are some smaller titles, too, that I did really enjoy, uh, such as uh, I, Proteus, or uh, I'm just trying to think of another one. Um, a Cocoon was nice. Um, again, that was in Game Pass. My top game, though, my game of the year, that would have to be Atomic Heart. Atomic Heart is just a very fun and engaging campaign. I, I personally found it very compelling story-wise. A very interesting world to explore and just get lost in. Very reminiscent of Bioshock. Very. Um, as MLD said with uh, robots. But there is other stuff laced in there as well. Um, there's all kinds of lore in there. Lots of, uh, again, backstory to it. The combat, I, I really enjoyed the combat to it with the gunplay. Uh, the upgrades and the abilities that you can unlock as well. And, uh, yeah, there's DLC coming out for it. I actually still need to buy that, get into that as well. And I just... It's just a different uh, type of game. I know it got ragged on a lot because it came from a Russian studio, but... Again, the the game was pretty unique too, and it does have a like a Slavic kind of a a hook to it as well with the Slavic culture. Again, I, I thought it was really worth checking out. I I highly highly got like just enjoyed it, and I just really want to play through it again. So Atomic Heart is my game of the year personally. 
Uh, let's see. Moving on, moving on. Grimes. Grimes, why don't you uh, share with us uh, what your game or, or multiple games of the year were this past year? Yeah, I mean, like you guys mentioned, we got so many good games this year, so it's difficult to choose. That being said, some of my uh, favorite games this year have been Hi-Fi Rush, like many of you guys mentioned, uh, Like a Dragon Ishin. I, I just love the Yakuza games. They're so fun, and I love that game. Uh, Dead Space, uh, the, the remake, like uh, General MOD mentioned, it's such a good game and a true remake. Uh, the, the guys that made that game really cared about making a good uh, Dead Space. And I, I, I love that. The only thing I don't like about that game is the character or, or like the uh, uh, model they chose for uh, uh, Isaac. But other than mm. that, it's such a good game. Uh, obviously, Starfield. Uh, Diablo 4 is another game that I really enjoyed. And another thing I have to agree with General, it's about Lies of B. Uh, such a good game and I'm not a, a Souls type of player either but I love the characters I love the story such a unique way to tell a Pinocchio story Story, but uh, like many of you guys I would probably have to go with Baldur's Gate for my game of the year um, it, it's just the team did such an incredible job and it deserves all the accolades. Um, they proved the industry wrong uh, in the sense that this type of games do sell and now companies chasing trends will try to copy them. Um, but, you know, for my personal game of the year, uh, that I've played, I'm probably leaning more towards Starfield because of how much fun I had with it, building uh, your your spaceship, exploring planets, finding uh, armor and whatnot. And yes, it can get repetitive, but I still haven't gotten bored of it. It was actually my uh, most played game of the year having put in just under 200 hours and I'm not even remotely done with it. I've only done four uh, main quests. So I, I've got so much more and I will probably get back to it either during the holidays or early next year. And, uh, you know, with Hi-Fi Rush, I love the art style, the characters too. It reminds me of Futurama. That's why I loved it so much. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I mean, you know, like the characters, in in a way, they do, the, the way they act and they, their humor, it it does, it has a reminiscence to Futurama. Uh, I, can I also add my least favorite game of the year? Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. Why not? I, I know, I mean, like, it's all about being positive, but um, it, unfortunately, it will have to go to Forza Motorsport. 
<laughs> sh shocker, right? I mean, I just don't like I don't like how much they regressed with this uh, new new game. And funnily enough, it was actually my uh, second most played game of the year, which was a, I was a bit shocked with it because I just found my hating myself every time I played it because I, I just wasn't having fun with it. It's not, it's not a, a good racing game if you're talking about a simu simulation. So uh, I wanted more from it. But anyway, uh, Baldur's Gate. And, you know, another game that I've, I haven't played, it's on my list to play, but I'm excited to play. And I know from hearing... Um, Centurion, Centurion uh, Robocop. I'm excited to play it when I get a chance, but uh, the, the gameplay looks so much fun and uh, so much nostalgia as well. Mm -hmm. Actually, funny you say that. I meant to play it today to start playing. I just, I got just kind of, well, I got busy during the day. So unfortunately, whatever time I, I wanted to spend with it, it's going to be delayed till tomorrow. But uh, I have a good feeling about that game as well, uh, Grimes. <laughs> and, and, and you know, the uh, the studio came out or the publisher came out and said they were happy with how, it, how well it did sales-wise. So hopefully we'll get more RoboCop games. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind another Terminator one personally. So yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, there are some pretty good games there you mentioned as well. Uh, let's see, who else do we got? Oh yeah, well, Centurion, uh, since Grimes uh, mentioned you, uh, please round out our uh, panel here. I mean, I, I know you were playing a bunch of games this year. Uh, oh, what, what was your favorites? Uh, you know, what really stood out to you this past year? 2023 was really, uh, well, it was really something, right? Right. Well, that's where, you know, I I play a lot. I love also playing, like, offshoot games, like, you know, stuff like from the 360, stuff like that. So I'm all over the place, but if we keep up with, like, you know, I would definitely, we'll start off at least the one disappointment of the year for me was uh, Gollum. Yeah, I bought mm -hmm. the game. I played it. I, you know, that that that's my thing is I love playing weird, obscure games. And um, regretfully, that one didn't turn out very well. And that was because the game basically broke, uh, had nothing to do with writing or anything like that. Just the game broke. But I'm glad you did mention uh, Callisto Protocol. That was a game that, you know, came out pretty much around this time last year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm glad you mentioned that one. Uh, there's also, if I'm right, uh, High on Life also came out around this time last year. It was year. a late, yes. And I really, I, you know what, uh, not to interrupt, but I wasn't expecting very much and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So. Right. And I played it on Game Pass and I just recently bought it with the uh, the deal on uh, Game Pass where it came with uh, High on Knife DLC. I still got to play it. <laughs> but yeah, essentially, I now own High on Life. Uh, I got to play the DLC. But I mean, that game, I mean, if you want to talk about a niche style of game that I don't want to see disappear, it's those games that get steeped in that gritty, raunchy humor 
that were we that we've seen in the past with Conker's Bad Fur Day, uh, the South Park games, the Stick of Truth and the Fractured Butt Hole, and oh, and all, and then high and then High on Life carried on with that. It, it's basically that adult-oriented raunchy humor uh, that it, I don't want to see. Uh, basically, um. I don't want to see gaming become too PG or PC. Like, I mean, it is what it is. It's an art form. And uh, I'm glad that even Grimes mentioned Futurama because even yet another cartoon that can sometimes push the envelope when it comes to making uh, adult-oriented humor. Uh, but going back to other games, uh, like I'm surprised nobody mentioned this one, but again, uh, I'm a huge entertainment buff. I put a lot of time into the game. I thought it was actually a very well put together game. Didn't have very many bugs. Um, I, I, Paw Patrol. Put, right. But like, let's make fun of like, I know, like, I know Larian's out here trying to like wave some magic flag. Like we don't do microtransactions and he has a lot Baldur's Gate 3 is a very well-deserving game. I have not played it, so this is going to be the only mention of it. I eventually will get around to playing it. I'm pretty sure I will enjoy it because it's an RPG. What I don't like is, you know, it, it's like he seems to be very outspoken about services like Game Pass. So um, I really hope his success uh does, doesn't ever falter where he has to go back into like being like oh well we put it in a subscription service and then then he becomes a hypocrite um but i i like how they said like oh we don't do microtransactions and blah 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 and the game i'm about to mention didn't have microtransactions other than the deluxe content that came with the deluxe version of the game but baldur's gate 3 also has their own content as um dots mentioned so I'm not going to say that the game is totally without microtransactions, but we're talking about Hogwarts Legacy. The, that, that game was an absolute blast to play. Um, I don't care about the author of the books. Um, karma and the, the laws of the universe will definitely uh, come to play on what, however it unfolds for her. I'm talking about the developers that were involved in that game. Uh, they created a very well-put-together game that was dedicated to the lore and the war just the craft of that game was amazing uh the spells felt right um it, it definitely felt like a hogwarts experience and in my opinion this has been the year for seeing some games that were steeped in the entertainment industry that are really kind of shining examples for me um like grimes pointed out robocop robocop is going to be one of those mentions where i say do th if you want to follow a trend for single player games it's like you don't need these huge, monstrous, AAA budget games that are steeped in an entertainment stock, like from the entertainment industry. Um, Nacon really hits it out of the water. Uh, they did it with Terminator. Uh, Terminator was it Resistance? Yeah, that's correct. Resistance. So they 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 did it with Terminator Resistance. They did it again with uh, RoboCop Rogue City. Uh, they took. Uh, the fanfare for the game, they really used the lore to their advantage and they crafted a very good experience uh, in RoboCop Rogue City um, and definitely that is a game, I mean, if you really love 80s sci-fi and that, I mean, just that B-rated style of sci-fi like really RoboCop, I mean definitely RoboCop is your game 
Um, right now, I'm currently playing Avatar. Um, I don't care that it was done by Ubisoft. Um, I don't care that you could probably see some hints of Assassin's Creed or Far Cry in it because Assassin's Creed and Far Cry are good games. They're taking stuff that I like from games that I like and they're putting Avatar on it. And it's not like they just skinned over it and it's some crappy version of Avatar. The game is beautiful to look at. Um, it's a lot of fun running around on Pandora. So that's definitely, this has been the year for some games that have a lot of entertainment value. Um, another one that I put a lot of time into was Midnight Suns. Uh, people really, I, I really hope that a lot of people don't let them let them pass on that game just because of the style of the game that it is. Uh, I didn't know if I'd like it or not, but I really did enjoy um, the, it's, I don't want to say it's like a deck builder, but you obviously have cards dealt out to you to be able to make your moves with the characters, but it had a very well done story, a lengthy story, um, a lot of DLC that happened to deal with other characters like Storm from X-Men, Deadpool, Venom, I even think, um, oh my god, what's the bat, what's the bat character? I know it begins with an N. Mobius? I don't know. They did a Marvel movie about him recently. Oh, Morbius? Morbius. I think, yeah, I think Morbius made it in there, like the vampire character. With, with, yeah. with Leto, right? Uh, yeah, Jared, are, but, yeah, Jared Leto, yeah. But that's the only thing. But none of, the, none, of, none of Marvel Midnight Suns has anything to do with the Hollywood actors. Uh, like, Blade is his own character um spider-man is his own thing like none of them had like i mean even tony stark does not look like robert downey jr robert downey jr looked like tony stark this is like all comic book style stuff um and that's where it was great because i mean you even have the ghost writers in there um did anybody ever play evil west i own yeah, I, it i own yeah, it yeah. but i haven't played it yet to be honest <laughs> see so that was a fun one that was a fun one for me. I mean, it was like a, a vampires and werewolves meets Wild Wild West with Will Smith. Just that that zany, like, steampunk-style western. That was a good fun one. Uh, Dead Island 2. I'm surprised people didn't mention Dead Island 2. Um, everybody thought that game was going to be like a, like a bomb when it came out. Like a bomb in a bad way. And Dead Island 2 actually... It hit on all cylinders when it was launched and actually i'm hearing that i got to get into the dlc but i hear some of the dlc for that game is uh some of the must play dlc for 2023 uh we also have like um at least for me another game that stood out like a telltale style series of games it's not from telltale um but uh star trek resurgence nobody try that one no Nope, the minute I say Star Trek, people probably freaking zombified on that one. Uh, it, it was a very well-put-together game, very, very dedicated towards the lore of Star Trek, uh, built off of a... And it's funny, it builds off of an episode from Star Trek The Next Generation, um, and it was definitely a very well-crafted story. I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, and let's see, Immortals of Avium, any of you guys play that one? Nope. I think uh, Crusader did, but huh? What are you saying, General? Oh, I heard, I heard it was a good but niche game. It was it was a niche game that was for sure. It was definitely uh, um, it's good to see EA still wants to do 
single player games. I mean, they published it, but the developer that did it have, has connections with EA. And um, it, I mean, it was a very beautiful game, a very interesting story. Um, I enjoyed playing it. I know that it didn't have very much success behind it, but I also know that it was going up some against some juggernauts when it was released. Uh, Remnant 2, that was a good one, and that's why the, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Ghost uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed because, I mean, you want to talk about, like, a games-as-a-service game that deserves a lot of recognition, uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. Mm -hmm. uh, that They have been adding a lot to that game. You know, they just did some DLC for the game. Uh, it's a lot of fun, um, and we've had a great time playing it with you and your friend. Um, I'm glad General MLD mentioned Lies of P. Uh, my first time getting into an actual Souls-style game. Uh, I really do believe that game deserves a little bit more recognition than it got, like, at the Game Awards. Uh, very, it was fun playing it. Sometimes I wanted to throw my controller at the wall. But, I mean, the story that it was crafted around the idea of Pinocchio, and by the time you're done playing that game, you realize that it had, I mean, it is definitely a, a very different take on Pinocchio. I will give an honorable mention, I guess, for Starfield. I enjoyed Starfield, but I have still yet to complete it. But, I mean, is it wrong to say Starfield did not grab me as much as Fallout 4 did? Fallout 4, I could not um, put down. Starfield, I keep kind of playing it for a few days, dropping it for a few days, I playing mean, it for a few days. To be fair, just all about taste. Like, for example, I'm probably in the same boat as you, but I, I do still plan on playing through more. I'm just, I'm a lot more earlier on than you. At the same time, though, like games like Skyrim really uh, grabbed me right from the beginning. Uh, yes. Fallout 4 as well. So, so I, it, it just that, you know theme wise, right? Some some stuff right. just grabs you easy, well, easier. I'm a huge sci-fi fan, but now that I see how the end game, like the new game plus, is going to work, and I mean, if you haven't read the articles yet online, I mean, I don't see myself re-rolling the game. Maybe I might beat it and re-roll it in a like another like next year or whatever, or sometime when I'm just like you know I miss Starfield. But I don't see myself being one of these people that want to re-roll the game as like multiple times, um, and that's where with Fallout Four, I mean, I think I played through the game twice at least. I mean, I enjoyed the hell out of Fallout Four, but for some reason, um, Starfield is a good game, but it's not like hitting all those buttons for me that makes me feel like, oh my God, this is an absolute masterpiece. Um, I guess the one game from my backlog, Outriders, really sucks that that game, uh, did not get off to a very good start, but, you know, I, I will definitely say that, uh, it's, I'm having a lot more fun with it than I have with Destiny lately. Um, and that's pretty much where I've been kind of gaming throughout the year, just all these different ones, but I'd say my number one title this year that if we wanted to put like a game of the year stamp on it would be Hogwarts Legacy. All right. Sorry, all right. I'm probably long long winded. No, it's all right. I went on a bit too, and uh, again, we had a lot of games. Everyone here that we were pretty like 
you know, strong and passionate about. So, yeah, it's, it's fine scent, honestly. Like, I could probably list off a couple of others, but uh, honestly, I know a couple of the games that I picked up as well this year. I, I just have to push to next year, well, so... I know I like I could always be like oh well Elder Scrolls Online but for me Elder Scrolls Online is like breathing air at this point so there's no point in talking about mm -hmm. it <laughs> exactly and I you know again there's still stuff that I need to touch that uh, got added in for example I still need to uh, play some more Halo Infinite because of the uh, what was it the uh, firefight update um, I probably love the crap out of that, and again, there's other things. There's other things. So, but I have to make time for it. Got to make lots of time for it. Uh, so, actually, speaking about time, guys, any other uh, comments about game of the year? Yes, no. I just want to say, right now, I'm playing Warhammer Bolt Shot, and Bolka. this game's pretty amazing. It's like old school Doom, but mixed with Warhammer, and I'm having a blast. Like. I really like that I got into Warhammer this year. Like, a whole new world <laughs> of possibility just opened up to me. <laughs> yes. Actually, yeah, I, I did play that. Well, I had started playing the... I got through the first uh, section of it, the first, like, chapter... Well, not chapter, but uh, first section of it anyways. Like, the one-third of the way through. And uh, it's a lot of fun, guys. Again, it's like a classic-style, uh, like, General MLD said, Doom game. And it just... It's over the top... But it's awesome. It's awesome. And I, I, I have to... Is. Yeah. Uh, you're correct. You're correct on that. And actually, next year, one of the games that I'm looking forward to is a Warhammer title. Space Marine 2. And it actually has a date now. So, uh, September not Yeah, September 9th. So... Holy cow, they pushed it that far? Yeah. It's okay. Let, let them cook. That's it's, okay. Well, it's, the only thing I hope with... Uh, with I hope with Space Marine 2 they relaunch uh the uh space marine one because right now it's like trapped on xbox 360 mm -hmm. and i know you can get like a definitive edition on pc and i really hope they bring that definitive edition over on a console i suspect personally again i i i don't know anything but i suspect that uh another reason why um there's been delays is they have a, a remaster cooking of some sort so, and it would make sense too. The game was released like twenty ten, uh, I think. Eleven. Yeah, eleven, eleven. So it's been what, like eleven years, something like that, eleven, twelve years, if not more. So Really? I, I think it was sooner. I think it was before twenty eleven. No. No, it was a Yeah, it was twenty eleven. I remember when uh, it came out. Um <laughs> it's uh, either way, I, I could see them updating it in some regard. I don't know if they'd oh, have... right. September 6, 2011. Okay. I mean, September... Yeah, 2011. And wow, for some reason... Because I remember playing that mm -hmm. game, living somewhere. But I'm just like, are you serious? That I, I was there in 2011? It feels like it was longer than that. It does. It does. But uh, I, I don't know, again, I could see them doing something with an update of some sort. But eh, we'll have to wait and see on that. I, I would welcome it, though. Honestly, awesome, awesome title. I have no problem going through it again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, lots of games to play uh, until that one comes. Um, all right, uh, guys. Looks like we're, uh, you know, we've just kind of covered everything that we possibly could tonight. Uh, great chat. 
honestly, from all the lads regarding uh, Disney gaming comments on Xbox games, The Last of Us Online getting cancelled, and our personal games of 2023. Now to everyone that joined us tonight, thank you, of course, for stopping by, and if you would kindly hit the like button and share out this episode, it would be greatly appreciated. It's always awesome having you guys stop by. Next, over to outros, starting off with Dots. Dots, hey, good stuff tonight. Uh, again, loved your opinions, thoughts, and uh, again, some interesting uh, Game of the Year uh, titles there that you listed off. Where can everybody find you? Yeah, no, um, another great Sunday. Um, a great year, good way to round out 2023. Uh, can't wait for next month when everyone writes 2023 on their like time cards and then has to cross out the three and write a four instead mm-hmm. uh classic just classic normal things but no um yeah you, everyone can find me at dots rts on twitter and on xbox because like i said before i actually changed my username on xbox to match because i think it was more appropriate um but yeah no awesome stuff uh, I did want to make one comment that you were set, you were talking about how Nintendo was doing well, and I had completely forgotten that mm-hmm. like like four days ago yeah. the DLC for the new Pokemon game came out, and I was completely oblivious to it. There was like no coverage, no news, no hype, no commercials, no ads. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, the fact that Pokemon isn't even getting like the normal treatment these days, I was like, oh boy, that that's not a good sign for Nintendo. So another thing to keep in mind for the future i guess but yeah Uh, no um (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh no i no i hear you on the actually i didn't even know about that either but uh i I haven't been in the pokemon loop it just hey nintendo stuff still sells uh just i don't know maybe (laughs) maybe um everybody just busy doing something else uh, playing pokemon at the moment (laughs) tis the season tis the season Mm -hmm. you see that's why yeah when christmas morning hits then People will be playing Pokemon DLC, but we'll see. We'll see. Moving on down, General MLD. Hey, lots of good stuff tonight for you, and uh, yeah, great way to end off the year, I'd say. Oh, yeah. You guys can find me at MLD Ghost on X and GamerTad Ghost MLD. Yep, it's been a great year, guys. Looking forward to this, starting a new one on the right foot, and uh, lots of games to look forward to. Indeedy. Indeed. Century on. Hey, again, a uh, great way to cap off uh, you know, the end of the year, you know, uh, looking back, uh, some really awesome shows. Uh, I enjoyed every single one personally. And uh, yeah, just uh, this one in particular, great overall for me. Where can everybody follow you at? Uh, yeah, it was definitely another great year of chatting with you guys and always talking about our favorite passion gaming and hearing everybody's takes on it for those that want to continue hearing my take and my opinion on everything please find me at centurion 1307 on youtube you can also find me at centurion 1307 on xbox live and of course twitter x whatever you want to call it this week this year and also, you can find me here every Sunday night with this great great group of gentlemen on the TXR podcast. And obviously, I will not see you guys for two weeks. Well, I mean, we'll see if we can get some gaming in, right? So, you know, dark yeah, only, only, yeah, we, as long as you guys only miss my shrill voice. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to go a week without hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, all right. Going down here. Who else do we got? Oh, yeah, Grimes. Grimes, where can everybody find you, pal? Again, uh, again, great stuff tonight. Loved your thoughts as well. Yeah, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FakeMayhemOG. And I just wanted to say happy holidays to everyone and can't wait uh, for what, to see what Microsoft and Xbox have cooking for next year. I would love to see if we get some nice surprise like Hi-Fi Rush did this or this year. So, mm -hmm. no happy happy holidays and uh, looking forward to next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did surprise us at the beginning of uh, in January. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had some kind of a show again early on. Might not be January, maybe February even. You know, maybe with some yeah. a little bit of Activision content. You never know, right? Nice. Uh, maybe south south of midnight could be a a, a nice surprise drop well the thi that's an interesting yeah you never know i mean because you know push, though. i don't know like that's the thing i don't know how big that game is that's the thing i think it's triple a really so I they need a they need a proper marketing push i think uh-huh think... maybe we'll see you never know you never know it might be it might be but again there could be a game in there that we might not even know is being developed i mean look at again look at hi-fi rush nobody knew uh about that thing so yeah eh, we'll see time will tell guys time will tell but uh yeah as for me uh you guys can find my content as you know on youtube but i'm also on rumble BitChute, a whole bunch of other different places under invader gaming I'm actually working on a review right now, and I'm hoping for it to be out before, well, Christmas time. So, hey, fingers crossed on that, right? Otherwise, thanks everyone for being here tonight. Uh, we Again, we do plan on uh, taking uh, the next two weeks off for the holidays, and we'll be back, uh, I believe it's January 7th. So, again, just a quick two weeks. And uh, let's see. I'm not sure if there'll be any groundbreaking news by then. Usually it's kind of quiet. Then again, we do get surprises in January at times when it comes to uh, recent years, whether it be um, acquisitions of the gigantic nature or, you know, other things, other things, but we shall see. Anyways, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, Happy Holidays to all you wonderful people, and uh, we'll catch you later, guys. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2024.